What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your french fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast network live from a bunker in the heart of the ozarks a podcast that wants to attend every single version of burning man across the entire universe <laughs> it's sif pop <laughs> Other planets, Burning Man would be awesome, right? It looks, it looks fun. I mean, I haven't even gone to this planet's Burning Man <laughs> That's yet. That's right. Maybe we should start there. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Do it. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and without him, I would have just been solo. He's my co-host, Andrew Ormsby. No, use your anger. And each week, we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. How are you? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that stuff going on here in the next couple weeks. Yes, it's that time of year. You just came from your family Christmas? Yes. Had a jolly old time. Nice. see everybody. I'm full. I put on definitely some pounds. Yeah, I I am fighting the battle of the holiday weight right now because mm-hmm. I've been losing a lot of weight recently. I've You've lost been doing like really good, man. Sixty pounds over the last several months, yeah. and uh, I have and I I've have, been picking it up. <laughs> well, I've shifted into just like okay, let's just not gain anything by the end of January. Like that's if I can get through uh, yeah. the winter where you just want to you know veg and be warm and put on pounds get for a big old insulation. Cup of chili just yeah, to, yeah, yeah. If I can get through that, and then Christmas where there's baking and cookies and my wife made muddy buddies today uh which muddy buddies. well it's the checks with the sugar and the peanut butter and people call it different things okay. christmas crack i think some people call it you know <laughs> whatever, whatever it might be i'm gonna be. stick with muddy buddy that seems a lot more seasonal than yeah, christmas probably. crack <laughs> so uh which is what i get when i'm bending over to you know hey. fix the tree i get a little christmas crack that's no move <laughs> that's right uh so so yeah so i'm fighting the battle of that and then new years we visit with friends and just like to eat and eat and eat yeah and then the wards happen and then you put on all that beer weight too yeah of course yeah Yeah. it's all yeah all that beer i'm drinking yes uh so by the time i get to the end of the january if i can just be where i started i i think i'll be happy and then i can you know start losing weight again because we also have one of our traditions for christmas eve is as a family we go out to one of those um places where they cook the food in front of Restaurant? A hibachi grill type. <laughs> yes. Yes, restaurant. Yes, that's yes. what it's called. I couldn't no. remember there for a second. <laughs> no, hibachis. Yeah, we go to a hibachi every uh, Christmas Eve for a tradition. And man, do I love the noodles at hibachi places. And so... Oh, man. We have those one carbs local... carbs just... Whew. We have one local called Hanode's. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. No, we prefer Fuji's. Oh, okay. Fuji. We can have the Fuji-Hanode battle at some point. <laughs> I, I I will fervently die on the Hanode Yeah, yeah. Hinode I'm a Fuji guy. A yeah. Fuji? Fuji guy, yeah. No, so... Uh, it was a good band, too. 
The Fugees. The Fugees. Oh, the Honodes? I yeah. never heard of them. No, the Fugees. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I'm just trying not to gain a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. But I am trying to uh, to think about Star Wars, and that's what brings us together today, it's, Andrew. It's beginning to feel like Star Wars is the new holiday film series. Right. Because they all come out on Christmas. I think Disney would like that. I think Disney would like that to be a thing. However, they kind of have fumbled it right like you know they put Are solo you? out in the summer oh so no i'm not i'm not giving my opinion on the movie uh yet yeah but they they put solo out in the summer instead of the holidays and then it just kind of became well maybe maybe not and they don't have anything scheduled next next christmas right yeah so you know it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do but yeah um so yeah we're gonna talk star wars we're also gonna talk cats oh you saw cats so that should be interesting you didn't see it what was I supposed to? It was on the list, man. It was on the list. Are you serious? Yeah. Star Wars Cats in 1917. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we read our emails, Andrew. This is why we read our emails. That's fine. I'll talk How about cats. How about that? <laughs> cats and 1917. I've seen 1917. Yes, you have. Yeah. You have I, seen... I guarantee you I know what happened. In I Cats? Was... <laughs> no, no. In, well, I've seen the play. I've seen the uh-huh. Broadway musical. Yeah. But in the email, I didn't get past the the time because I was like, oh, that time's not going to work. Oh, and you had to switch so, the time. So I just immediately went to reply email. So Yeah. Read the whole email, I think, is the lesson here for everyone. Always read the email. No, nah, it's fine. Derp. I, I am in many ways thrilled for you that you didn't have to sit through Cats. So, spoiler on how I felt about the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll get to that as well as uh, some, you know, of the usual stuff, like our uh, buried treasure at the end. And we'll kick it off with some Do We Care? <laughs> Every single week, I scared <laughs> saying that one. I did, yeah. It was, you know, the holiday coming out. Um, where was I? All right. Every single week? Yeah. How, you threw me off air. Now I can't do it. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, this is the week of reboots. We have Power Rangers is being rebooted. It's the decade of reboots. Yeah. What are you talking about? Stephen King's Firestarter is getting rebooted. Wow. Lego is switching studios. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't know. I love that everything was awesome. I loved that everything was cool and we were part of a team mm-hmm. uh, and we were living the dream, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but, did the, but did the song get stuck inside your head is the question. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, it's my favorite song ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that song. Um, but yeah, man, it's just why reboot it or... I understand, you know, a, a production company, you know, having to... They can't carry that same because they're. It's Lego the company switching studios. Mm-hmm. It's not like the property of Emmett, you know, and that whole gang is switching right. properties as right. well to a different studio. But it's just weird. Like things are so quickly being rebooted now that it almost seems like. Well, do you think they're going to reboot the Lego? movies or they're they're just going to they're going to a new studio so that new studio will pick up kind of where they left off yeah do you think they'll do a whole certainly they won't i mean people love emmett i know that gang like yeah i think they'll keep doing the same thing i just think the lego hit hit really fast and really big and they did what every studio is going to do which is try to cash in on it quickly and they made like so many you know you had lego batman you had the ninjago one or you know so it's it's 
not surprising to me that the studio is like, well, this doesn't seem to be working because they kind of milked it so fast, you know? Yeah, but I might be in the minority, but I think Ninjago is the only one that's not good. I think the other three are hilarious. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about returns, right? I like, know, yeah. yeah but, but what I'm saying is I'm surprised that more people weren't like me and like, oh, a new Lego movie, and they just flocked to the theaters, you know? Yeah. I think the first one took them by surprise. I don't think they expected the first Lego movie to be as big as it was even with a cast that size that's another thing about the lego movies is they get some amazing talent to be in those things well i i am a big fan and part of the reason i'm a big fan is because they kind of invented their own animation style too like and it's it's kind of stop motion yeah they kind of own this and this lego animation style and i think that's kind of cool so i'm excited to see more i'm glad somebody picked it up yeah um but yeah power rangers that's getting rebooted already too so i I thought the Power Rangers was, okay, uh, Krispy Kreme movie was fine. Yeah, you know? Krispy Kreme <laughs> Krispy Kreme presents, presents Power Rangers. Power Rangers yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two. Yep. Since uh, I'm going to be talking about cats anyway, so how about <laughs> that? Yeah. Universal Studios has sent out a message to all theater change, telling them that the CGI in Cats is being updated for right. For this a, is I'm so glad we're talking about this. This is insane. This movie's out in theaters already. So yeah. people are already watching it, and I guess it has bad CGI. And the theater... And well, just uni- incomplete. Incomplete? Just incomplete. There are moments where the actors obviously just have their real hands inside, uh, you know, a cat costume. Yeah. And then there are scenes where they're, like, CGI'd to look more, like, blended into the... It's It was, it was really strange, and I... You know, there are many signs that this movie was in trouble. <laughs> and uh, and one of them is that for award season, like nobody got screeners. Yeah. Nobody, they were finishing it off. I know they sent uh, the voters for the Golden Globe nominations like a really incomplete version. Yeah. Um, and so and apparently he was working on it. Tom Hooper was working on it right up until release day trying to get stuff finished up. So it's not surprising to me that they missed some stuff. But man, just hold off. Did you really yes. think you were going to win some award? Like, what did you think was going to happen? That you were going to get it out and there was going to be a groundswell of, you know, you knew you had an incomplete product. Just wait. Yeah. Uh, it, it's surprising to me that they. Tr- it seems like they're going the route of video games because video games will release and be sold incomplete and just be patched. (laughs) Right. It's like they're patching movies now. This better not be a new precedent being set here. Little uh, DLC for for movies. Yeah, the cats DLC, <laughs> the the cat pod DLC. Have Have you seen the update? Have you seen the update? They did a new update on uh, the Rise of Skywalker. It's out this week. Oh yeah, <laughs> fascinating. That's gonna wrap it up for Dubicare. Very nice. Uh, well, we've got plenty of movies to talk about. Let's kick it off with uh, Star Wars. You want to talk about Star Wars? Let's start All Star, right, Star Wars. Wars: Rise of Skywalker. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. And now, you're coming together. Is your undoing. 
The surviving resistance faces the First Order once more as Ray, Finn, and Poe Dameron's journey continues. With the power and knowledge of generations behind them, the final battle commences. Is that battle in the movie, or is it in the critics' discussion of the movie with the fans? Uh, I think we should start here before we do the like it, love it, dislike it, hate it. It was just okay. Okay. Um, there, you'd have to be hiding in a log not to know kind of the, the toxicity or fan discourse, you know, over Star Wars through The Last Jedi and, and even with The Force Awakens a little bit, like... I don't know if toxicity is the right word. Maybe passion, like verbal passion, like... Yeah. Well, for some, in this room, it's been verbal passion, but on the internet, there are some, some very toxic... Uh, fans who who live to disparage and be mean, uh, but welcome to the internet in 2019, right? I, I was about to say, are we surprised by people being mean on the internet? I mean, that's <laughs> what it's for, is, right? All I'm saying is, it's a good place to start. That this movie is facing some different kind of odds than most movies face when they come out. Like there's there's obviously been well, like you and I disagreed on the Last Jedi. Yeah, Lots did. of people disagree on the Last Jedi, and that quote unquote fight has been going on for two full years. Like it never died down. Like even now, if you post something on Twitter about the Last Jedi, you know, R.I.P. Your mentions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's 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 kind of one of those well, situations. I also think that you know, especially specifically for Last Jedi, it's being reignited by this new movie i assume obviously i don't have twitter so that's true i don't have to live in that nightmare of a world (laughs) you want to talk about toxicity twitter there's more good than bad on twitter in my opinion uh but maybe it's just the people i hang out with yeah uh well let's do it did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay i want you to go first i really liked it (laughs) (laughs) oh man i was (laughs) really Because the passion that you and I both had for the Last Jedi, yeah, and I how love the Last Jedi, and how divided we were, yeah, on that movie, yeah. I was hoping, I was hoping that we would be able to put all that behind us and we'd be able to start <laughs> anew. This is the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, interesting. I, like. A previ- I had a lot of problems with previously. This movie. Last Jedi was my least favorite Star yeah. Wars movie. But this makes Last Jedi look good. Uh, well, Last Jedi is good, but we we can save that conversation for another day. Uh, this I I loved Last Jedi. Um, I really had a good time with this, but I don't love it. There there are a lot of uh, flaws in this movie. Part of the difficulty for me in kind of assessing what's going on here deals with what we were talking about because I have my own biases, I have my own personal likes and dislikes, and I love. One of the things I love about The Last Jedi that that, uh, they allowed Ryan Johnson to do was he took risks. Like, he did things outside. they allowed him or they found out later? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I would assume from things that have happened on other Star Wars movies with directors being removed and those kind of things, I would assume they were keeping tabs. Uh, But uh, who knows? Um, Anyhow, I like that, that they allowed him to kind of say, here's what you thought was important here's what this movie is going to say is important. And I think a lot of the backlash against the movie, uh, rightly or wrongly, depending on your perspective, had to do with that it wanted to um, flip things on its head a little bit, right? And and I liked liked that it was saying for me, oh, here's... The Force Awakens was great. Loved The Force Awakens. 
But it was J.J. Abrams basically doing A New Hope, right? And that's kind of been the main knock against it is it you know has the same plot structure, same basic idea. It's even another Death Star. You know what I mean? Like it's it, yeah. the whole thing is very similar. But then Ryan Johnson makes The Last Jedi and in my opinion goes, okay, we don't have to copy what's been done before. We're going to play in the sandbox and do some new things and interesting things. Um, and so I really liked that. <laughs> And then Rise of Skywalker basically just says, no, 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 we're going to run back and do everything we've done before again. And that was one of the the main things I struggled with was like, you're undoing, you. F- it feels like you're undoing everything I loved about The Last Jedi. And Interesting. So, so that was my bias going into it. So what I tried to do is I tried to set that aside and go, what about this movie I'm watching? If, if let's say JJ had made all three and they were all just like this, you know? Yeah. Um, how would I feel about this movie? And I think there's enough good here that that I, I I'm excited to watch it again. I'm excited Ooh. to see some some stuff from it again. So and I'm excited excited to talk spoilers to maybe go into a little oh, details. We are but, gonna have a spoiler episode, people. Yeah. Um, this is how <clears throat> I looked at yeah, it. Yeah, tell me your experience. So it may sound cheap, but I'm also I'm gonna kind of blame Ryan Johnson for this movie too. I figured you would. Here's why. Because the analogy I'm going to use is like a Dungeons and Dragons, you know, little thing. Like uh, the DM opens the door and says, here's a Titan in the middle of the room that is sleeping. You need to find a way to get past the Titan and there you'll find your treasure. And there's two people in this party. There's Ryan, son of John, and <laughs> there is Jajabrams. Jajabrams. Yes, Ryan, son of John, is a uh, a little uh, uh, rogue. Okay. And then you got Josh Abrams, who is this big warrior, who's like, I know what to do. We shall be sneaky and go around him. I have three plans, you know, that we must follow in order to get to that treasure and everything will be good. Mm-hmm. But then you got Ryan, son of John, who Leroy Jenkins runs right at the giant <laughs> and starts poking him in the nose. And then Josh Abrams is like, oh, I guess we got to deal with this now. I didn't plan on it, but yeah, yeah now we got to deal with it. So that's how I'm looking at it. Like, J.J. Abrams like, here's my three-step plans for these movies. I'm not going to direct the middle one, but just so you know, this is my overall story that I have going for it. And then Ryan Johnson comes in and is like, no, that's not how I want to play. And then he just totally destroys the second movie. And J.J. Abrams is trying to play catch-up now because he has a deadline. He has to make a movie for it to come out in two years now. Well, after originally seen it was uh, Colin Trevorrow, too, right? Like, Yeah. So Trevor was supposed to do the third one. That's yeah. right. Um, he he got lucky. Um, <laughs> but then, so that's how I'm looking at this movie. I'm like, J.J. Abrams is like, well, I here I'm trying to do what I want what originally wanted to, but then I'm also throwing in stuff that is trying to either retcon stuff that happened in the Last Jedi, or trying to make make it work in the story I already had laid out. Yeah. Well, here's here's and I'm I I don't want to state it as 100% fact, but I'm pretty sure JJ has stated he did not have an overall plan. He was given one movie. He wasn't planning on doing two or three at the time. Remember that? Yeah. So he was told here's here's your movie. I think the fault and I and I'm not saying that you're wrong about there needing to be 
uh, fault in how um, disparate these movies are. Like, just like whose fault is it that there was no plan or that there, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, for me, it falls on Disney. It falls on them not not having a Kevin Feige yeah. to oversee it and go, here's where we're going with this. You direct this part. Yeah. So, like even the prequels had a you know an overarching story that would go over three movies because right, there was a plan for the three movies exactly. In this case, they really told. From my understanding, they really told these directors, "You write your own story for each movie," and it's just one of those things where it's like, man, that's that seems really careless, right? It seems. I, I mean, listen, in another world, it could have worked. Who knows? In another world, somehow yeah. you have things that that go together, but. These two movies, especially Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, are arguing with each other. Yes. They are, they, are, they are not on the same page. And so when you look at this as a trilogy, it's a mess. Like, yeah. it's, it's a complete mess. I'll say mess. this right now. The prequels are better than this. <laughs> as this. a trilogy? Like as yes, a, as a trilogy. I don't think I'd go there just because I think that I enjoy more specific moments through all three of these movies than I do through all three of the prequels. No, man. This is my feeling. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but not for me. Like, it's just, this movie is such a mess. So, you like this movie. I do like it. I'm going to let you start with some pros. Okay. I don't have many, any, many, any? Many, any? Yeah. What about Adam Driver? I thought he was incredible. Man, he was Way better in um, Rise of Skywalker and Rise or in, in Last Jedi. In Last Jedi, I was like, okay, if there's one thing I like about this is Adam Driver is just really driving this yeah. home, this character development stuff. Is that intentional? Driving it home? Is that- no, that was accidental. Okay. And uh, and <laughs> then uh, in this one, and Daisy was, Ridley was a ray of sunshine. She was a ray of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> and in this one, I'm like, yeah, it, it's like you're that passion that. The anger and, you know, ferocity that I saw him, you know, whenever he came yeah. face-to-face with Luke and stuff, or how he was being tormented and, like, trying to conflicting yeah. with his view of Snoke and stuff. All that stuff just, I never, he never lived up to that in this for me. See, what I, I thought his performance in this was was maybe even better because he had more work to do. <laughs> Um, in character development and without going into spoilers, uh, he had, he was asked to have this character go to some places that I think under within any other hands would have seen completely ridiculous. And even as talented as he is, as a performer, yeah. Still couldn't quite pull it off 100%, but somehow managed to pull it off, in my opinion, like 80%. Um, there's some there's some character movement that goes on with, with Kylo Ren that I think is um, pretty astonishing, the work he does, the subtle work he does um, acting. So I thought he was great. I love Daisy Ridley. I love the character of Rey. I should say that. I am such a huge Rey fan. And I think, honestly... Uh, overarching this trilogy, maybe one of the reasons I come away from all three of these movies enjoying them is because I love her story, I love her character, and I love who she is. She's 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 one of my favorites. I hate Ray now. You I, hate her now. I hate Ray. Oh, interesting. Like because nothing it was okay when you didn't like the movie, Andrew. But now you're talking about my Ray, so just yeah. be careful. No, Ray became boring for me. Like, she became way too powerful with very little training. She's been training. This movie shows she's been training. I mean, what about Luke? 
What the, yeah. the, the, the Luke had Yoda. Luke had well, Obi Wan. Ray Luke has Leia. Leia. No, she is too busy being a general of the Wood Rebellion. <laughs> All right, agree and, to disagree. Oh, okay. Here's a pro. I think that they handle Carrie Fisher very well in this. I do too. I do too. And I know they had said originally they weren't going to do any CG. There is CG here, um, obviously. But, and I did have that feeling where, and maybe it's my own distraction, but I had that feeling where I'm like, okay, so you took lines you knew you had her saying and then built the lines around them, which is all you can do. And it it works just about as good as you could ever hope. Yeah. Um, So... So, yeah, I did like that. I think it is very evident uh, that the heart of each of these movies in the trilogy was supposed to be a different member of the original three. I think the heart of Force Awakens was supposed to... I think this was... If they had a plan, I think this was the only plan they had. Yeah. That the heart of Force Awakens would be Han, the heart of Last Jedi would be... Or the second one would be Luke, and the heart of the third one would be Leia. So I and and it's and it's very sad that it wasn't able to fully be that way. And yet she does have, you know, a a real part of this movie. Yeah. And they they managed to do that. So I think you're right. I think that is definitely well done on that. And by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. So, you know, what you think is like the big like reveal in this movie or whatever, the big surprise. It's in the trailers. So. Um, Well, I mean, obviously somebody. Oh, yeah, 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 I knew that. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know if we could talk about well, that. I. part of me wants to say no, just in case, but I am, you know me, I'm trailer versus anybody out there, and yeah. I knew before the movie, just because it was, you know, such a... Uh, a big thing. A big thing, and honestly, I think they wanted people to know going in, so it wasn't a big thing during the movie. Yeah. Um, and literally, the opening crawl... Yeah. <laughs> just, has, has an opening crawl ever done so much exposition as this one? This it's is like... It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so I, stupid. It was just like... Uh, it was like, okay, let, let's tell you about all these things so we yeah. can surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the word surprise just didn't right after Star Wars. Surprise, <laughs> not surprised. Um. So yeah. Uh. What did you want to say? Something? Did you want to know if you could say that in the non-spoiler thing? Because yeah. you had something to say if, about it. If you think, if just in case there's one person that's listening that we don't want to ruin that for, right? Let's save it for spoilers. That's what I was asking. Sure, we can. We okay. can do that. I don't. Yeah. You know, there are again. so many unanswered questions in this movie, like story arcs that were introduced in this movie that were just thrown by the wayside or completely forgotten about by the introduced end. in this movie yes. or previous movies in this movie. Okay. Things, I just wanted to clarify. Things are mentioned like a character will say something like da 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 exposition da 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 and we need to do this and it's never brought up again or I need to tell you something da 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 and it's never brought up again you know so many examples of that in this movie and it's just shoddy writing this is the worst written Star Wars movie ever so bad I need you to throw out some positives, man, because besides <laughs> no, Leia no, yeah, actually just, working, then... It's interesting. I didn't... I, I I had suspected that you weren't going to like it because it does also dabble in some things you didn't like about The Last Jedi. Yes. And so I was I was assuming you wouldn't like it. I, I It is a surprise to me that you hate it more than The Last Jedi. But, yes. Uh, but, because I can look at The Last Jedi for as much as I hate it, and I can say, 
that's a beautifully shot movie. Mm-hmm. The scene right after um, uh, Kylo Ren and Rey fight the uh, fight Snoke, and then all the Red Guards, you know, mm-hmm. and like the entire room is like embers burning around him like man that is beautiful or when luke fights kylo ren quote unquote you know Mm -hmm. on the planet and they have the dust you know the red dust like man this is a beautiful movie but i i think it's terribly written and i think that that movie is um uh did you not feel that there were those uh spectacular spectacular visual moments in rise the rise of skywalker no I really don't. You talked about Burning Man. I figured that would be like one example you're throwing out. And I'm like, no, that did nothing for me. There's a a, a lightsaber fight in the water that is in my top three lightsaber fights of of all time. I didn't care for it at all. I thought it was spectacular. Mm. I I really thought it was choreographed brilliantly. This this movie really picked up for me in the final 30, 40 minutes. I I wasn't where you were. I don't... Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know that I could hate a Star Wars movie like like you've hated the last Jedi and this one. I don't know if it's in me to be able to do that because I just love this world so much and I love these and characters so much. Maybe that's the thing. I'm so passionate about it and I've seen it do, done so well mm-hmm. that I have a high standard for it. And I I don't want it to come across that but I don't have love we seen Star it Wars. Done so well? Like where like what are you talking about when you talk about seeing it done so well? Like Star Wars done well? Yeah. Okay, Empire Strikes Back, A New well, Hope, yeah, Return but, of the okay, Jedi, but see, that's, but those uh, Rogue are the OGs, One, right? Like how Rogue do... One. I think Phantom Menace is a good movie. I okay. think that the all right. That's what I wanted to yeah, hear. I think that uh, the Darth Maul, uh, Obi Wan, and uh, Qui Gon is the best lightsaber fight of all time. At the very end of that movie, I, I agree think, with that. By the way, I think the and pod... I think the music makes that oh yeah that scene the, even better. The music in that oh yeah the Duel so of the Fates. good. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah. Duel of Fates. Duel of it's the Fates. Great, I think yeah, great song. Uh, the pod racing is super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't like Anakin. Uh, whatever, fine. You know, as a kid, they should have just introduced him as Christian Haydenson or whatever his name is, and that would have been fine. We don't need to see kid, you know, Anakin. That just makes the whole Padme thing weird, yeah. you know. But this here's here's another problem I have with this movie is uh, if you go back to the original trilogy, mm-hmm. New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, it uh, cements this core group of people: Chewie, Han, Luke, and Leia. You know, mm-hmm. as you know a a family now, and in in Rise of Scott or in Force Awakens, we're introduced to now Leia or not <laughs> Ray, Poe, and Finn. You yeah, know, those are our three. Yeah, yeah. And then in Last Jedi, they're all separated. Yes. And now in this one, we have to. I would assume- say purposefully and brilliantly. But continue. Yeah, but what I'm saying is for an overarching theme, now we're supposed to believe that they're all best of buds and that they've been hanging around forever. Yeah. But I never, we were never given enough time with them together for me to just, you know, care. Don't you think that's true in the OG too? Don't you think Luke, Leia, and, and Han split up? For huge portions of that story, they're off doing their own things. I think that's very similar, in fact. In fact, that's one of the things about this trilogy that kind of remains consistent, like, story arc-wise, is it is really kind of aping the story arcs of those original three from the first one, just with different pieces traded to different people. I find that fascinating and interesting, but um, there's a lot about this one that does feel like things that happen specifically in Empire and Return of the Jedi. So, I think there's... 
I think that's I think that's purposeful. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the fact that in Empire, Luke is the only one that's separated. Leia and Han are together, and the emotional roller coaster that they go on at the end of Empire Strikes Back, you know, with Han being put in the carbonite and stuff like that, and then being tortured and stuff like that, that helps cement especially Han and Leia, you know, as, you know, a family group, because they're in that together. And then Luke is on the way to try and save them, you know? Sure. Um, in Last Jedi, every single one of them... But, I mean, Han's in Carbonite for, you know, uh, quite a bit of the movie, right? Like... I think he's only in Carbonite for the very end of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the end, or he's in Carbonite. Luke gets his hand cut off and then he gets a new robot hand. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I just thought of something else. I'm really mad about that. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about in the spoilers. Uh, <laughs> this, this movie does something else that I absolutely hate and it's introducing new aspects of the Force and things that the Force can do that I. Hate. Uh, this, yeah, and you can, you might want to blame that on on uh, Ryan as well. Um, he did it in Last Jedi yeah, for sure. It's in the Last Jedi. But I was hoping that they'd just go no. But no, they they. I lean. don't. Of all the things that bother people they about lean. these movies, inventing new force powers seems the weirdest to me because isn't that kind of the fun? Like, why are we stuck thinking of this mysterious force as something that oh we've never seen it do this, so it can't do anything else. Like, I don't, like, it's one of those things where, that's the that's the one, so maybe you can explain it to me. Why does it matter that all of a sudden Jedis or Force users are realizing, oh, I can use the Force to do this thing? Because whenever I think of the Jedi, and I'm not just talking about for this movie, I'm talking about for... The Star uh, Wars universe in general. Universe in general. Yep, video sure. games, books, and stuff yeah, like sure. that, you know. So, when I think of the pinnacle that everybody thinks of like the highest the Jedi Order or the Sith Order ever got. It's probably the prequels, right? You know, when the Jedi Council was at its, sure. you know... Yeah, they were at their peak. Peak yeah. and everything. If them, or if they couldn't understand or know that these powers existed, how all of a sudden can somebody like Rey or Kylo Ren, who is nowhere near a powerful Jedi as Yoda or Mace Windu or Obi-Wan, you know, who were so powerful and knowledgeable about the Force, how are they not able to do the things that Rey and, and Kylo Ren are doing in this? Well, do you I see think what I'm saying? I think you're showing a... Um a prejudice towards uh, uh, nurture over nature. You got to explain that. To so me. I think I think when you think of Jedi's in their strength and their ability, there are yeah. reasons that Rey could be more powerful than any of those Jedi's, and they have to do with nature versus nurture. So how much of a Jedi's power is just because of who they are, and how much of it is because of how they've been trained? Right? Like you know, there's it's it's almost like talent versus practice. You can hear those things like let's say with a basketball player, <clears throat> very talented person, but they just didn't put the effort in. You know, didn't practice. So they didn't get up to the same level. Somebody who didn't have a lot of talent, but man, they put the effort in and now they're one of the best players ever. So there are there are two different avenues that somebody could be. I mean, Ray, my understanding of Ray is it's the nature part. It's for whatever reason. And the movies don't explain it, thankfully, because Lord knows we don't need any midichlorian conversations anymore. Uh, doesn't really talk about why. But my understanding is 
that she's just the force is well they say it the force is strong with this one like there's an idea that the force gravitates to certain people in a stronger way than others at least as, as i've understood it yeah and for whatever reason the the force is super strong with her and kylo and so they're able to maybe do things that others couldn't yeah. that's i think that's another at least another avenue yeah. perspective to look at it from yeah so maybe i'm just coming at it from like if it, if you haven't cemented it by now don't introduce new things because if you're saying this is the end of the skywalker trilogy what benefit do you have of introducing things now well i can tell you the benefit because the benefit is how it's used in the movie i found absolutely it's, spectacular i hated it i know so, well i i can yeah. tell but i'm telling you for a lot for a lot of us from my perspective yeah. is the it is the moment of the movie and it's it is the chill bump scene like it is the like that's cool you know and that at the end of the day is one of the things i've loved most about watching these movies even through the prequels even through the ones that i didn't you know, care for. I think Attack of the Clones is at, at the bottom for me, like as far as movies that I didn't connect to. Um, yeah, it's third worst now. So, so any, so anyhow, yeah. Even Attack of the Clones, you know, I am, I am going through it and having a good time because it's like, that's cool. I love this world. I love the idea of these powers. I love lights. You know what I mean? Like there's, I'm connected to the universe building yeah. in a way that connects me to, uh, to those feelings. So, you know, it's, it's similar to Marvel, but what's different with Marvel is I've adapted my, uh, my closeness to Marvel in my adult years, my closeness to star Wars. I adapted in my, my childhood years. That's hard to shake for me. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like the, it brings me back to that childhood sense of awe. And so that moment that happens with that force power, that's why it's important to introduce because it allows the, the storyteller to do something new. It allows them to give you a cool new moment. Maybe you weren't expecting because it's different than what we've seen before. So that's, that's why they use it that doesn't solve the problem of whether or not it should be used and your perspective is you know yeah. we should lock off the force powers at a certain point and quit adding new ones yeah um <laughs> my opinion is the opposite <laughs> keep doing cool creative new things because i think that's cool so you know i think it's just two two different perspectives on yeah how the force i, I is don't used. want this to come across that i don't love star wars yeah because no. it's in well my... it does kind of come across that you don't love star wars anymore so I don't like you like, may have to wrestle with that. I don't like this new iteration of Star Wars. Right. Like I liked Force Awakens. I didn't love Force Awakens. I really liked Force Awakens. Um hated Last Jedi and I hated Rise of Skywalker. I really liked I I I loved Force Awakens. Really loved Last Jedi. And I I like I like Rise of Skywalker. I, I really do have some issues that you haven't even brought up yet. And I'm sure you felt them too. So you want it's, me to go with my negatives? Yeah, because I'm saving a whole bunch of stuff for spoilers. All right, I'm just gonna give you my two main negatives, and they're big ones for me. Uh, and okay. the reason that I don't like love love this movie. Number one, this might as well have been called Star Wars: The Rise of the MacGuffins. Yes, because this movie is just a series of side quests. It's just yes, yes. It, <laughs> It's like they were looking for something. I knew once I started talking about the things I didn't like, then we could have our it's moment. It's like this group of people is looking around for somebody with an exclamation mark over their head, like, hey, yeah. there's a quest giver. Right. It, it really does feel like that. And it's unfortunate. Like I, And again, part of it is I think that Abrams had so much to do to get to where he wanted to be that he just had to use these things to get our characters moving. Now, because of these side quests, MacGuffins, whatever you want to call them, the movie never really lets up. You know, it's always an, it's always moving because we're moving to the next, you know, 
quote unquote, um, you know, marker that we yeah. have to get to. Um, so, you know, there is, I guess, a positive of that, but it really did bother me. But the main thing that bothered me about this movie and really brought it down probably an entire letter grade for me. Use your anger. <laughs> Stop it. I like this movie. That's not going to change. I did enjoy it. Uh, the, the main thing that bothered me, though, is that this movie does not have the courage of its conviction. Uh, and it is the main difference I see between Last Jedi and this movie. Uh, this movie would do things that felt meaningful and important and then and big, on it and then immediately take it back. Yeah. And there's one and not even give you a chance to even live in it. There's one huge one that we'll talk about in spoilers. If they would have waited till the end of the movie, even personally, personally, I want to see the movie where they don't take it back. They don't take it back. Oh, yeah. That's. Uh, see that, and that to me is it, because and that's not the only moment that does that in this movie. There are several moments in this movie that's like, here's this big thing that happened. Ah, just kidding, just and, and just barely any or, any time to feel it. Or and, they introduce one of those things and then it's thrown by the wayside and never mentioned again. Yeah, you'll have to give me examples of that. Um, yeah, but I I, I saw this. Well, oh, I got that. plenty. <laughs> um, but it, but it, what it does is it makes the movie just feel so simple and just so easy. And there's just no risk to it. There's no, there's no depth to it, you know. And so at the end of the day, what I lament is that the movie uh, could have been, the movie could have been something really special. <laughs> And they, they just didn't have the strength to make it special. <laughs> Strike it down with all your <laughs> hatred. Dude. I don't know. That That's a big deal to me. Um, and again, to me, that is the difference between The Last Jedi in this movie. For me, The Last Jedi had the strength of its conviction to not pull the punches, to really do some things. And I, I loved it for that. And actually, uh, actually even uh, Force Awakens has a moment. You know, or two where they do some big things and they don't they don't have to pull them back. Although Rise of Skywalker kind of kind of pulls one of them back a little bit. So, you know, it's just kind of like, I can don't you know. give me an example like in, in spoilers, Force Awakens and Force Awakens? I can. In spoilers. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know that I, I want to now. I think I would make it too obvious to anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, so anyhow, that that is my major issue with this movie. Uh, and it is enough to bring it down quite a bit uh, for me. So what did. Uh, have you done your, your? Yeah, I gave it a B. You gave it a B. I gave it a B. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would really have enjoyed uh, a more meaningful, a better movie, deeper movie. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it wasn't that. So yeah. I think we're ready to, to move. I think we've said what we, we need to say about this. Yeah. We could argue about Star Wars all day. I, I really love that we come at it from different perspectives. And I, I think do that's, love Star Wars. Because you're Wars not still. alone. Lot, I'm, I guarantee you a lot of people have. I wish the people who had, uh, all the people who had the same perspective as you were as friendly and wonderful about expressing it as you are. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Mandalorian. You know, right? and yeah, I, love not... the, I love the animated series like uh, Star Wars Rebels and uh, Clone Wars. You know, I mm-hmm. love those. And this new uh, f- uh, Force uh, Star Wars, like a uh, Fallen Order or Fallen Jedi or whatever it is, there's a new game. Looks great. I want to play it. Yeah. So I still do love Star Wars. Okay, good to it's know. It's in my top ten movies. I think it's like number four or five. So. Good to know. So, so take there, that. There you go. The Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> easily the best movie of the year. Both Andrew and I agree. Everyone run Is it going to make your top 41? <laughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> no it's not um my top 41 uh i i have it set and locked and yeah. uh it caps it uh the, well there are a couple of movies i gave a b that did squeeze in it's been a rough year 
it's, it's been a really it's bad been a rough year. Year. last year everything was b plus and above and there were only like three or four b pluses in my top 41 yeah. um and this year there there are a few b's but they i think they are for me again it's my favorite list it's not i don't do a best list i do a favorites list yeah um yeah this that again that one major problem is enough to even keep it out of my 41 so, yeah so there you go surprise surprise uh ready to move on to cats yeah. That you didn't see? <laughs> I've, I've seen the play, so I'll... I'll That's s- true. You've got some perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about cats. Tonight is a magical night. Where I choose the cat that deserves a new life. Going to the ball could get dangerous. <laughs> Come on! I judge a cat by its soul. I've got plenty of soul. Spotlight. And a drum roll, please. Milk! A tribe of cats must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heavy side layer and come back to a new life. Uh, okay. Description of cats, if that's what it's about. <laughs> I didn't get any of that watching the movie. Um, this is, it has been interesting to see the reaction to the uh, film representation of the hit Broadway play, longest running play on Broadway of all time. Yeah. One of the most successful, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, uh, because people have lost their minds at how uh, horrible and silly. Uh, this whole endeavor has been. Yeah. Um, you didn't see it. No. I did. I think Tom Hooper's a furry now. I think that's what's going on. You know, it's uh, it, it was uncomfortable to me how <laughs> sensual and I would even say sexual a lot of the, the scenes in this movie are. Yeah. Uh, it was fascinating. Uh, it was also just like a drug trip of a movie. And I know that the stage play is like this. But when you're dealing, when you're doing a stage play, you have um, hindrances, right? You, you give the benefit of the doubt. You can't right. actually have real cats, right? Right? Yeah. And so, in a film, when you have the ability to use digital effects, yeah. and you kind of halfway it, where it's still obviously people, but you make their ears and tails move in interesting ways. Yeah. Like that, just I don't know. I'm trying to decide if I would have loved this better if they were actually fully digitally, you know, animated cats. And the answer is no. I, this just I don't think this is a a good property. Did you enjoy the the play when you saw it? Oh no. Okay. Yeah. It it, it just doesn't. I don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber. So yeah, I like and Phantom. I don't like musicals. <laughs> that is true. You're already dealing with a stacked deck. Yeah. Uh, I I do like Phantom. Uh, I do like Evita. Um, but man, oh, I don't like this. How, like, at least how's the singing in this? Uh, Jennifer Hudson is amazing. Okay. Uh, Memories, which I think, I think this musical has two good songs. I think it has Memories, which is high quality, great stuff. And Jennifer Hudson absolutely belts it and nails it. And it's the only, the only part of this movie where I was like, okay, maybe this is a worthwhile, you yeah. know, 30 seconds of film. Man, um, this is just unsettling to look at. Yeah. And, and it's not only unsettling to look at, it's boring. This movie is so boring. There's no, there's no plot to it. There's no structure. It's just a talent show for cats and they'll just, you know, step up and introduce themselves and then do a tap dance number or step up and introduce themselves and do a magic act. Or I don't, it was just, 
I, I did not did not have a, a good time at all with this. I was very much bored. Um, my wife uh, is still still waiting to forgive me for taking her to this one. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you see what she? No, you're not on Twitter. Did you? She said uh, on our car uh, ride home. She said, "We live way too sober a lifestyle to enjoy this movie." <laughs> You think that if you took some uh, edibles before you went well, and saw this? Well, and then somebody or... commented afterwards, like, he, he said, nope, I've tried it the other way, still awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, this is, I mean, I don't, you could go into details about how ridiculous and silly it is, but I think you get it just by, you know, looking at the stills and watching the trailer and, you know, like, it's just, it's, it, there's nothing special about it to make it, uh, you know, work with as crazy and ridiculous as it is. The way I look at it is, say hypothetically, Lion King was a Broadway play first before it was a Disney movie. Right. And then they went and they made the animated version, you know? Mm -hmm. Afterwards, you're like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. If they made Lion King like this, where it's people dressed as lions kind of CGI'd, Mm -hmm. it would be awful yeah because if you want to talk about uncanny valley and how we're supposed to recognize certain facial features and how things are supposed to proportionately line up for us to go that's real or that's fake i think this is the worst possible route you could have possibly taken to do a movie so i'm gonna agree and disagree with you but hey they're gonna make it up in a couple weeks whenever uh, cats 2.0 is released in theaters <laughs> yeah uh i'm gonna agree and disagree with you i'm gonna agree with you that it is off-putting what i'm going to disagree with is i think if there were a better story here you could almost make it work because at the end of the day the you're saying esti- almost well you're still not giving it enough credit to say it's good cor- uh, correct that's why it agree- could be good could be good i should say correct that's why i'm agreeing and kind of disagreeing with you um the 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 problem with this movie isn't just how ridiculous it looks the problem with this property, I should say, not just movie, is the story makes no There's nothing to it. It's a bad story. The yeah. property itself is bad. I don't understand how this was a hit Broadway play. I don't get it. I'm wondering now if the actual reason this was so interesting or a Broadway hit is because of the people dressed as cats thing. Like if that was... Because it's certainly not in this, oh, and maybe the song Memories. Again, that is the only thing I can think of that, that yeah. would stick with people. Um, the Mr. Mistopheles song is the other one I think is a decent song. This is the Idris Elba one, right? Um, no, no, no. No, no, no um, that's... It's full chorus, but it's the the magic, you know, yeah. um, never was there ever, ever a cat so clever is... Never ever the was magical there ever a cat so clever. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Mistopheles. I think that one's, that's pretty fun. Um The only thing I can say that could have been better in this movie is if it had found its tone to make fun of how ridiculous it is itself. The problem is when it wants to take itself seriously, it can't. Yeah. Um, James Corden uh, is in this and actually I think captures as close to the tone as you can and make it fun. He has some moments in this where I actually laughed and I was like, Oh, like he is doing something that seems aware of how ridiculous this all is where everybody else is like, no, I'm acting and it's authentic. And yeah, I don't know. There's, I think there's a way to 
the fast and furious it where it's like <laughs> where the movie is aware enough of what it is yeah. that it can find the right tone. Do you think this movie would have been better served if they were just dressed like cats, but they didn't act like cats? Like, you know, the, the, you know, doing this and stuff yeah. like if they just like, so no. you don't think it would have no. been funnier? No, I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, and actually that's kind of part of what Corden does at a couple uh, a couple is he points. just human? He humans yeah, he, it? yeah, he humans it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but no, I don't. I just don't know that there's anything that could have saved this. Mm. Um, it is that bad. So you Shame. dodged a bullet there, buddy. Yeah. You dodged a bullet. Thank you, Chris. Hey, that's my Christmas miracle. <laughs> is only reading halfway through the email before I'm like, oh, nice. I got to respond. Nice. Uh, we can move on unless you have any other questions that you weren't. Oh, but we're not doing a spoiler episode on cats, by the way. No. It's, you know, I think it's all out there. Uh, all right, let's move on to our final review. Before we do, though, uh, thank you to our Sif Pop members. Uh, you have made this show possible, both the audio and video version. Uh, we were talking in the video pre-show, which you can watch the show live on YouTube uh, every weekend. Uh, we're going to try to record Sunday afternoons at 1 p.m. Central. Um, so if you're around, you can view us then. Uh, but we we're talking a little bit about the fact that we're going to upgrade some of the one of the cameras has a blurry spot in that it. That one. <laughs> It's an audio podcast, Andrew. Nobody can see you point. Tell that to YouTube. <laughs> so we are going to uh, to upgrade the camera. And the reason we can do that is because of amazing Sif Pop members who yeah. say, you know what? Here's $3 a month to support what you guys do. Um, and thank you for that. We hear from people who say they love the content and mm-hmm. it's just a nice way to, to kind of keep it going. So we, we really do appreciate it. You won't have to be big-footed anymore. That's right. Always being blurry. That's right. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash sifpop to check out all the uh, levels and the different perks that come with it and again thank you so much for being a sifpop member that's patreon.com slash sifpop all right let's talk about 1917 in your own time gentlemen must be something bigger for channels here you have a brother in the second battalion yes sir they're walking into a trap Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will. Two British soldiers embark on a dangerous mission to save 1,600 men from certain doom during World War One. Uh, Andrew, we've talked about this a little bit already. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to go necessarily too much into detail, but I did want to kind of check in and see how it's sitting with you and, and where you kind of feel this movie is. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Love it. Number one movie of the year. And there you go. All yeah. right. Well, moving on. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I know you really liked it, but I don't think it was your number one. Um, I, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I know exactly where it lands on my top forty-one, but no spoilers. Mm. We're gonna wait uh, till that's released on Sif Pop to let you know. I will say uh, it is in the upper half for sure. Yeah. Um, it is intense. It is beautiful. It is it's very beautiful. Technically, it's an achievement. We it, can talk about how it's shot now, can't we? Well, that it's a like a one shot. It's, it's a, a one. It's a simulated one shot. Yeah, um, you can definitely see where some cuts took place. Like, oh sure, where they sure. enter a dark room and then they turn on the lamp or yeah. something like that. But, but it's not but, like it's but, not like rope 
where the camera, you know, goes into yeah. somebody's back and it's, then out it's, the other side. It's more along the lines of Birdman, you know. You can definitely yeah, see where yeah. some cuts took place, you know, around a corner or something like that. Having said that, though, there are some extremely long one-shots that go without, you know, a hidden cut that are mind-boggling of how, on a technical scale, how difficult it must have been. Yeah. And all I got to say is, man, uh, that, on top of the amazing acting, but the way that... And we should say that it's Sam Mendes, right? Mm-hmm. Who did this, who does like Casino Royale and all the Bond movies, yep. or most of the Bond, new Bond movies. But the way he um, made this feel so real, the way that, you know, the trench, the whole style of trench warfare and stuff like that. How this- That was one of the most <laughs> impressive things to me was the staging and how they could have, because if you take the, the movie for what it's putting in front of you. Yeah. That, that is quite a a feat what they did. Now, I believe they cheated it, but and there are some ways to cheat it, but it's still impressive, yes. you know, what they did. Even if you, you know, come at it like, oh, that must have been CGI or whatever, the CGI is so good yeah. that it just makes it all there won't, feel there so There won't real. be a 1917 2.0 coming out in theaters. No, they they, finished, they no. finished their movie. Sam Mendes knows what to do with the movie. Um, also, the fact that, yes, this is all one shot, quote-unquote, but th- how this movie transitions from different sceneries and, you know, shows like, yes, there are... It's not all just, you know, trenches mm-hmm. and, you know, mud and corpses and stuff, but it, there's, like vibrant colors all of a sudden or there's things can look so horrifying yet be so beautiful at the same time i kind of think that's the overall theme of the movie is finding (laughs) the beauty in the horror yeah like there's a not to give anything away but there's uh where he's walking in a a, or where they're walking in a a city uh city square and things are on fire around him and it's Mm -hmm. only lit by that so it's really like black and red and stuff it's just so beautiful um, and I also really enjoy kind of the uh, extended cameo aspect of this movie where we kind of run oh, into yeah. great actors and that we <laughs> along, know the way. along the way, uh, like Andrew Scott is in Mark this, Strong. Uh, Colin Firth, uh, yeah, Mark Strong, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. I thought the, the two guys that, you know, played the leads did a great job. Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay. George McKay killed it in this yeah. movie, man. Yeah. So, so um, and here's the other thing I will say, and I, I didn't like it quite as much as you did, but I, I really did like it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is this movie has possibly the best final 20 minutes of, oh, like of a movie I've run? seen in the last I'll just five say the years. Running. Like, I mean, other, the last time I remember feeling about this way about the conclusion of a movie was uh, Whiplash is the last time yes. I felt, felt this way, where Word. it was like that movie just owned me for the last 20 minutes yeah um and this movie does and i was really impressed with the filmmaking and a lot of what happens before those 20 minutes is the reason that this 20 minutes owns you um but yeah i i I really think it was yeah impressive yeah and to think that this the time period that this takes place not world war one but i mean like it's less than a day right right less than 24 hours is when this whole thing takes place and it just it feels like 
or just for, over 24 hours. Is it just over 24 hours? I think hours? it might be just over 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. But you know they have to get from point A to point B. That's right. It's a basic enough plot. And I, maybe that's a con for some people that this... That is where my con comes in. It's not specifically that, but go ahead. Where it's the simplicity of it doesn't lend itself to, you know, more grandioseness. But I think that it makes it a more personal story. Like, whenever this... I feel agree, one hundred percent. I feel like I'm a third soldier with them. Yes, the fact that you know you got these two guys, but you're right there with them every step of the way. So you feel like yes, I'm the third man in this story. They may might as well have made this you know a one shot uh, first person. You know, like put a camera on somebody's head and say, "Hey, come along, come with us." You know, <laughs> and he kind of what's what's World that? World War One streamed live on Twitch. What's that? Uh, yeah, what's that? Uh, there's a first person shooter movie that came out that had uh oh yeah, a, a, a hardcore Harry or hardcore, hardcore Henry. Henry, yeah, yeah. they could have done that, but <laughs> but no, just the way this movie shot is gorgeous. So. Expand on your negative of the, not simplicity, but. It's not simplicity, but the fact that it's so simple is, in my mind, a bit distracting at times because of how convenient it can be. This movie has some very convenient moments that have to happen for us to really be pulled over. Here's the, the truth of the matter. Even in a situation like this, 24 hours is going to include some downtime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, um, yeah, I, I I found it to be a a, a bit distracting, uh, where it was like, oh, you just happened to be there. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, um, you just happened to run into this person, but that's very minor. And this movie has grown on me since I've seen it. Really? I came away from it. Now I saw it amidst a flurry of movies. I was trying to catch you saw, up on. What was it? Twenty twenty one movies? movies in a week. Yeah. It, Anyhow, that's not an excuse. That's just to say when you're in that I think mindset. It is not, it's a good excuse, actually. Well, when you're in that mindset, you ha- you need time to, uh, you know, uh, re- reminisce. I've been in that situation with you, obviously, before. And sometimes it feels like I'm watching this just to get to the next movie. Right. So you're not really giving... I shouldn't say we're not giving every movie our due diligence, but sometimes you you begin to appreciate I'm things more I'm, afterwards. I'm just saying I'm human. You know, I'm I'm just I'm trying to to do my best, but yeah. I, I'm human. So for me, what's grown on me are the, the themes, like you said, beauty amongst destruction. I think is a real theme here. I think yeah. the movie takes great pains to start and end in a way uh, that really emphasize that theme. Uh, the, movie, the the movie takes great pains to emphasize moments that are both beautiful and destructive. Um, and it wants us to wrestle with whether or not we can have one without the other. Yes. And, and that is kind of the thing you that everybody has to wrestle with with violence and war is, you know, how do they relate? How, how do beauty and destruction relate? Uh, and so I think this movie does a really good job with those themes. And that's what's grown on me. Uh, since watching it and thinking back on it is how and that shouldn't surprise me sam mendez is really good with thematic stuff so it yeah. shouldn't it shouldn't surprise me that that's there um so <laughs> i heard somebody say or i think they said something along the lines of the opening shot in uh specter that one shot was his student project to, <laughs> for this film for this for this feature length film you're kidding man yeah we said it when it came out yeah, uh, like, as much was, as we didn't love I, that movie, that opening that bit. opening scene is just bonkers cool. Yeah, um, it's great. Oh, you touched on you know cameos, um, extended I, cameos. They're yeah. really a little more than cameos, but I, yeah. I want to 
emphasize though that it doesn't feel like they're throwing out these you know big name actors just to be like hey look who we got it feels like everybody you know was used properly agree totally agree it didn't feel like they're came because sometimes the word cameo can have like a negative connotation to it like oh look who we got for this movie they're not really serving any purpose i think that every single one in this movie serves some purpose that you know push the story forward absolutely totally agree man i love this movie yeah so definitely recommend it's yeah like i said it's my number one movie of the year and i i think see it in a biggest screen as you possibly can oh, it's gorgeous i so. can't even imagine like because you know go full imax if you can full imax because i bet the sound design for this just out of this yeah. world yeah no it's good stuff yeah uh huge recommend from both of us uh you ready to move on to our buried treasure for the week mr andrew well, are we not going to do the sift sword oh you know what we should have done that right after uh star wars you we had don't mentioned- have to no 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 you had mentioned you had emailed me and said yeah. hey we need to update our sift sort for star wars and immediately yeah. in my brain i'm thinking Man, I don't know that we can anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know how two people who have such disparate views on, on Last Jedi and now Rise of Skywalker as well. Although I'm closer to you on that, even though you've gone down even a little more, I can, think I'm closer to you. Can um, can you give us like a quick rundown of like where we stand with the Sith Sword? Do you have it pulled up? Or, I don't have it pulled up in front okay. of me. I will do that. But why don't you? I mean, obviously, you've kind of already spoiled your. You you would have it at the bottom. You think Rise of Skywalker is the, the worst movie? Yeah, I guess um, if I were to just going off memory here, so mm-hmm. forgive me if I forget anything. It would go from worst to first. It would be uh, Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, Attack of the Clones, um, then Revenge of the Sith. Then probably uh, would I put uh, man I I guess I would put Phantom or Phantom Menace there even though I like it then Rogue One uh, a New Hope Return of the Jedi and then Empire Strikes Back I think yeah. I, I think I mentioned them all yeah I mean it's possible I actually don't have uh, our official Sith sword in front of me yeah. if, if somebody wants to let us know what episode that was in I can go look it up uh, and we can talk about it at a later date but uh, for me of the nine you did more you did Rogue One and I, Solo I put in Rogue there one. so 11 oh Solo would be like the fourth worst one yeah Are those are the only two outside of the Skywalker trilogy yeah okay Rogue One and so Solo. there's 11 movies I guess uh, yeah, I would have uh, Attack of the Clones at the at the bottom. Yeah, um, I get it. It's a terrible movie. Then Phantom Menace. Uh, oh man. Then. <laughs> uh, then I would have. I'm gonna go with. Uh, man, I don't know that I can do this off the top of my head. So solo. Yeah, probably. Revenge of the Sith. Probably Solo next, then Revenge of the Sith, uh, which I like more than most people. Uh, then I would You've have. You've got all the prequels done. Yeah, that's true. And I've got Solo done. Yep. Then I would have Return of the Jedi. Okay. Then I would have Rogue One. Okay. Then I would have. Uh, now you just have the other three. Then I would have. Uh, Rise of, the Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, those garbage movies. I forgot about. Um, them. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I already blanked them out. I, would, I already I blanked them out in my head. <laughs> I might put Rogue One and Return of the Jedi above Rise of Skywalker. Those are all right around the same place for me. Uh, and then I would have um, a New Hope, Force Awakens, Empire, and Last Jedi would be number one. So that that would be 
mine. So nice. the fact that you have Last Jedi at 10 and I have it at 1, it makes for a very difficult Sif sword. Yeah. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's move on to our buried treasure for the week. What do you got, my friend? Uh, I'm going to go with an old movie that came out back in 1963, but I just rewatched it and it still holds up. I'm going to go with the classic film Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, going yeah. old school. Man, I love this movie. This is my dad's favorite movie ever. And that's why I just recently rewatched it because uh, I bought it for him for Christmas on oh, Apple nice. TV. And uh, I shared my Apple TV with the whole family. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rewatch that. Man, that movie holds up. It is good. The stop motion, like clay animation that they do back in the day. Uh, Man, it's fascinating. I would Harry, look, Harry uh, Housen did this, right? I believe, yeah. 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 And I mean, that guy was the master, you yeah. know? Um, Talos is still like one of the coolest moments in that entire mm-hmm. movie. This When he turns his head and Hercules is like, oh, snap. Uh, it's a fascinating story. It's like all those movies that came out back in the 60s, like uh, this. You had. Uh, uh, the original Clash of the Titans, you had like the Sinbad, you know, movies. All those movies were just so fun yeah. because they really leaned into the mythology and they just owned it. They didn't try and do like all crazy CGI, you know, just to make a story, you know, like, hey, we're just going to take this cool person from mythology and this cool person from mythology. They really, you know, tried to appreciate and honor it and this i will say this the best thing about the this movie is the score like the brass soundtrack like just how powerful and just oh it makes you want to get up and like work out or something it's great (laughs) i I need to put that on in the morning then yeah man this movie is so fun if you've never seen this movie i can't recommend it enough even today it'll hold up very nice. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Good choice. Uh, I'm watching TV again, Andrew. <laughs> Are you now? It's been a while. Uh, I watched the third season, I think, of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime. Uh, man, I love this show. I gave up on it like four episodes in. What was it that uh, that didn't... I mean, what was there just nothing that drew you in? Um it's a fascinating story, you know, about, you know, a period piece about a female comic and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. But... I, maybe it's just something about this particular time period, this 40s, 50s, because I fell into the same, you know, problem with, like, Mad Men. Like, I just, I don't, uh, I don't get that time period. Like, it just mm. is weird for me, so okay. something about it. Uh, I think- Especially New York, that time period, you know? Everybody's got to talk like this. We're on the radio. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Rachel Brosnahan is doing incredible work here. I, one of the things that surprises me the most about this show mm-hmm. is how good the stand-up comedy she's doing is. Uh, and I'm not saying it's it's like next level great, but what I am saying is it doesn't For the fall. Time. Well, what I am saying is it doesn't fall into the Studio 60 at the Sunset Strip or 30 Rock Trap of like <laughs> the stuff that's supposed to be you know great stuff on TV. Yeah, you can tell wasn't written by a great sketch comedian. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the stand-up here feels really good. Now, it does feel a little too polished uh, to be actual. Like she goes on and uh, riffs impromptu these incredible oh, runs. like when she like gets every angry, time. she angry rants. And yeah, like, yeah, it's and like, it's just perfectly written. And yeah. So there is that. But I want that because it's fun. It's kind of the Sorkin thing. It's like I know people don't talk like that, mm-hmm. but I love it. You know, yeah. like bring it on. So I really enjoy that. Uh, Tony Shalhoub is so fun 
in this series. Uh, they added. He's Zach- just an angry man. They added uh, Zachary Levi last year, and he what? is yeah, and he I is so much that. fun. Kevin Pollock, who is also one of my favorites, uh, in this as well. So. Uh, I, I just I have a, a great time with this show. I love also that actual real comedians and people from that time are a part of the show. Like Lenny oh, Bruce. Lenny Bruce is in it, yeah. Um, and then there are others like uh, Moms Mabley uh, was in this you know last season. Yeah. And what's fascinating for me is some of especially the Lenny Bruce stuff is based on actual appearances he had on certain shows. Oh, or I didn't know things. that. And so you can go look up the original and compare it, and it's kind of astonishing how well they represent what he was doing and, yeah. and those kind of things. So uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a fascinating show to me. I enjoy it. I have a great time. Um, and uh, wait, does this take place in New York or San Francisco? Um, I, uh, you know what? I'm I'm such not a city boy that yeah. I thought it was New York. Yeah, it's Upper West Side. It's New York Upper West I Side. Because Lenny Bruce was from San Francisco. Well, you know, they're no. comics. They travel all around. Sure. So you can't be a stand-up comic and not hit New York every once in a while. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but you're digging it. This uh, this new scene that it just dropped. I watched thing. Yeah, it just dropped. Yeah, my wife and I binged it uh, over last weekend and this weekend. So over the course of a, a few days. Well, sweet sauce, man. Uh, and enjoyed it very, very much. So yeah, check out the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Only three seasons. Very easy to you know pop uh, in if you like haven't started. Ten episodes a season, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's ten. Nice. And uh, that's on Amazon Prime if you want to check it out. Well, there you go. We did it, man. We, well, you did it. I I did two thirds of it. <laughs> we have survived the wars of the stars. Yeah, we are the stars, and we are at war. <laughs> a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far, a, far a away. long time ago, on a podcast far, far away. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for Sif Pop this week. Uh, we do appreciate it. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. If you want to find out more about other shows on the network, you can go to studiodna.media or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. That's all one word. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. Thank you. <laughs> Huge thanks to Phil uh, for producing the show. Phil, we love you. Uh, and thank you to you for supporting the show as a Sif Pop member at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks including a monthly video hangout that's patreon.com slash sifpop use your paypal <laughs> there are a lot of ways to connect with the podcast you can comment rate or leave a review uh, at apple Podcasts or wherever you listen or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably enjoy the show too so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than understanding a lick of what jellical means. What does what does jellic what is a jellical cat? Can somebody oh, tell me? I thought you were like naming some weird character from Star Wars. <laughs> no. I know Calico Cat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, if one of them's named Evan, be an Evan Jellicle Cat. Uh, hey! Go to church. Uh, Dad next- joke. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> next week, we will uh, we will be back with the Sif Pop Movie Awards. So we will be yeah. doing the best of 2019, and we'll see you then. Oh, and of course, Star Wars spoilers. Oh, yeah. Up next in your feed. (laughs) Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. 
Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.